when you walk out of here for the rest of your life, every day you're going to be expecting divine surprises from your God. Faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You know, when I look at the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation, all I see are how God, time and time again, moves in to surprise His people with His goodness. And He's not done yet, is He, church? Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2 tells us that if we'll hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord our God, which of course means His Word, then all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Amen. There's a big if there, of course. We have to hearken diligently. We have to listen with an attitude to do the Word of God. But if we live that way as a lifestyle, we can expect that God would overtake us with His blessings. You say, why won't He overtake us with curse? Because we're not cursed. We've been redeemed from the curse. And so that means the only thing left to overtake you is the blessing. Now, if you're out there in the world, playing around with the world, living like the world, talking like the world, and something overtakes you, don't blame God. This will fall in the world. Amen? And the curse will creep where it can. But when you're doing what God's told you to do, you should be expecting the blessing of God in your life. Remember, it's the favor of God that gives you the open doors and the opportunities. It's the blessing of God that gives you the power to succeed. That's a mighty combination in them. On one hand, God gives me the open door, and then He gives me the power to actually accomplish whatever it is He wants me to do when I walk through that door. Look at somebody and tell them, you just can't lose with God. Amen. In Psalm 23:6, Surely goodness and loving kindness shall follow me. All, how many days? All the days of my life on this planet, and then I will what? And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We go from blessing to blessing, faith to faith, victory to victory. We go from one realm to the next, and it just gets better and better and better. But a lot of Christians don't have that mentality. They have the idea that somehow it's going to get worse for them. You never know what God's going to do, waiting for the next shoe to drop. I want you to wait for the next blessing to drop. I want your attitude to be, I'm ready for God to bless me, to, to favor my life, to do something great in my life. Because when I look at God's people, you know, unless they were in rebellion, murmuring, complaining, disobeying, I don't see God treating the people of God that way. There's no arbitrary beating up on God's people. That's a creation of the doctrine of man. That somehow God's going to beat you and hurt you and run over you, you know, to somehow teach you something. Do you know that the human beings are capable of learning things when they have pain and when they don't? You would think from some man-made doctrines that you have to be absolutely miserable to learn something. It didn't come from the Word of God. In fact, the suffering that the child of God will go through is one, maintaining by faith what Christ died to give you, and of course the suffering of persecution, which is not going to get less, it's going to get greater in this country. The more we stick to the Word of God and refuse to compromise, the more it will come at you. But greater is He that is in you. And you need to make up your mind right now, you're not going to compromise because you're called names. Amen. Or horrible things are said about you. You just have to have the mindset, well, this is what the Word of God says. You take it up with God. As for me in my house, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to stick to what the Word of God said. That's what it means to hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God. And when you do, you can expect to see divine surprises in your life. Now, remember... Yet we're talking about things that come on you suddenly and unexpectedly in terms of, of the, the, you know, the how he does it and the when he does it and the where he does it. We've learned that that's none of our business. We do know the what because we know what the promises are. Does that make sense? We know the why. Say it, I know the what and I know the why. I know the why because of the covenant. He's a covenant-keeping God. 
Some people paint an image of God where, you know, uh, he, if he feels like doing it, he'll do it. If he doesn't want to do it, he won't do it. No, he does what he does based on covenant. Sacred, irrevocable promises based on his word. And, of course, uh, completely put into effect, into motion through the blood of Jesus. Now, how do you understand that our God, the Father, is not going to trample on the blood of his Son? And he's not going to trample over his own nature and integrity. You can trust what he said, God and his word are one. That's why we say it and say it and say it and pound it and pound it and pound it. Make sure you understand and you have a high view of Scripture because in the day we're, we're living right now, all over the country, churches are backing away from this principle and their people are going to be destroyed in these last days. You want to hold to the Word of God. A big chunk of the church says, well, we just don't believe all that stuff in the Bible. And well, have a nice life. I'm going to stick with the Word of God. Turn to somebody and tell them, I'm sticking with what God said. Because I'll tell you, if you'll hang in there, divine surprises are going to find you and continue to find you. Amen. There needs to be in our lives a return to this sense of awe and wonder. Not waiting for what God's going to do to harm you, but you just can't wait to see what God's going to do next in you and what He's going to do through you. Say it with me, in me and through me. And the Holy Ghost just wants me to say this to you because I feel prompted to. Not only are you going to enjoy great divine surprises for you, God's going to do divine surprises through you. Can you receive that in your heart today? That, that you're receiving and you should receive because that's the will of God, that's the word of God, that's the covenant of God. But in the sense of mission, he is going to do divine surprises through you. Think about some of the characters he used in the, in the Word of God. Amen? Well, I just nominate the characters in this room, hallelujah, that God would do great things through you and end up surprising, be the source of the divine surprise for somebody else. Amen? Psalm seventy-two, eighteen: Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone works wonders. Another translation, you do miracles. I mean, you still believe in miracles. Psalm 77, 14. What is a miracle if it's not the manifest goodness of God? Amen. Psalm 77, 14. You are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. Again, the concept of wonders and miracles go together. And the wonder has the idea of, hey, surprise, I'm still God. So you all need to be reminded of that tonight. Amen. Yeah, but look at all the stuff going wrong in this country. Yeah, but look at this. See, you're looking in the wrong place. While you're looking at everything else, you know the word hadn't changed in thousands of years and never will change. <laughs> what changed is your focus. God's promises have not changed. His word has not changed. And so we talked about some types of divine surprises. I'll just mention these tonight again, but surprises of provision, where a guy just comes through and takes care of something and, and it's... You expected him to take care of it. That's where your faith comes in. That's where your inner image is. But you don't always know how he's going to do it. Our faith is not in the method. You would not believe how many believers have thrown their faith down and been discouraged to the point of quitting because their faith was in a method. Your faith needs to be in God, in his word, and let him take care of the method. Let him take care of the how. Surprises of protection, where he supernaturally inter intervenes. You know, surprise of provision. How many know when uh, 
when Peter said, hey, uh, master of the taxes due, what are we going to do? Jesus says what? Go down, catch a fish, open its mouth, and what? Surprise. Some of you love a surprise like that at tax time in your life. Amen. But think about this for a moment. Peter gets up that day thinking, we got to pay taxes. How am I going to pay taxes? I don't have the money to pay taxes. I know what. I'm going to go down and fish this time. And this time is going to be a coin in the fish's mouth. That's how God's going to take care of this. How many know there's no way he could have comprehended that God was going to do it that way? And you and I are pining over the, you know, the how when we should just be trusting God. Amen. Surprises of protection from the parting of the Red Sea. We know that God intervened supernaturally and, and he didn't forecast how he was going to do all this. They wouldn't have believed him anyway. Surprises of direction. Uh, whether it's Joseph with the angels or God being supernaturally uh, you know, imparting the word of the Lord to people for their, for their lives, for their ministries, for what they're supposed to do. He gives them oftentimes surprises. Surprises of promotion. I don't believe King Saul was looking for it, and certainly King David was not the first choice, or the second choice, or the third choice. But he was what? He was God's choice. And all he was doing was out there doing his father's business. Honoring his God and honoring his natural father. And God plucked him out and said, surprise, you'll be the king. Amen. Surprises of revelation, when God drops supernatural understanding of Scripture in your heart like He did with Peter in Matthew chapter 16, don't ever despise you know, the revelation God gives you. Don't ever treat it lightly. And don't fail to keep the revelation that you get because revelation that you don't do, you will lose in your life. Be thrilled. Be like that new convert doesn't know anything. And every little word they get, they're just excited about it. They're thrilled about it. They want to tell you about what God has done and what God has shown them. Sometimes, you know, we just kind of get old hat about these kinds of things. And we should stay excited about what God teaches us and shares with us. I mean, y'all still growing out there, still learning. Amen? Is he still giving you revelation? Amen? Surprises of preservation. Whether it's light in Goshen, or there's three Hebrew boys that are cast into a fire because they refuse to bow down when the music plays to a 90-foot golden idol. And they announce to the king, do what you want, amen. Our God will deliver us. That was their faith talking. But then he went on to say, but even if you didn't, we're not going to bow. Now, that morning, they all three got together and they thought, now here's how this is going to go. We're not going to bow. We're going to get thrown into the fire. He'll probably even make it higher than normal because he's really mad at us right now. Even though we've been such a blessing, we've been anointed for the kingdom, they, he's really upset about this thing. You know, he wanted everybody to battle this thing. We're not going to do it. But here's what's going to happen. God himself is going to show up in the fire. That's how he's going to do this. The Son of Man is going to show up as the fourth man. Can you imagine? That is not what they thought. But guess what? Surprise. There was one as the Son of Man walking, a fourth man. And when they came out, the Bible says their clothes didn't even smell like smoke. Now, how many of y'all ever here been out camping and you had a campfire? And three weeks later, the smell of smoke is still in your hair. Uh-huh. They didn't even smell like smoke. He protected them from every dimension of that. Look at somebody and say, surprise. How many of you know when Israel had light in Goshen? Surprise. Darkness through the land. I mean, everybody say it with me, Goshen. You're likely to see some manifestations of Goshen in America this year. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. Are you okay with that? Yes, sir. 
And you say, is that fair? It is. We've all in this country had plenty of opportunity to hear the good news. This country has been bathed in the gospel. Those that have rejected and get darkness because of what's going on in the land throughout the world, that's not God's fault. Amen. But you should enjoy that when the surprise of Goshen-like provision and preservation comes. Surprises of restoration, healings, miracles, and deliverances. Um, you could look at many cases in the Word of God where clearly what God did was a surprise. Amen. I mean, you know, um, when you make mud and stick it in somebody's eyes, surprise. Did you imagine being that guy getting up that morning? I know how God's going to do it. I finally figured it out. He's going to make some mud and stick it in my eye, and I'm going to be healed. Really? No. How about the guy at the Temple Gate Beautiful? I've been sitting here for years, had a lot of time to think about this, and I'm due for a divine surprise. And the way God's going to do this is uh, Peter and John are going to come by. And when they get by, then Peter's going to ask me a question because you know, I'm here to, to beg, and, and he's going to release what's on the inside of him, and I'm going to be healed that day. I'm telling you that no one had a clue how that was going to happen. But we know the Holy Ghost does. That's one of the reasons why it's so important for you to obey the urgings of the Holy Ghost. How I many you really want to be used to, to see other people get divine surprises? Then you've got to listen and obey, because you could be the one he chooses to use in that situation. Surprises of visitation, where you have encounters with God's presence and glory. He is the God of the breakthrough. You may not ever have a burning bush experience, but you can have a, a time in God's glory at His sovereign choosing, just when you need it the most. But oftentimes, I'll tell you this, and this is one, uh, one you take home tonight. In Scripture, when you see these divine visitations, they're often not for the benefit of the one visited. They're for the benefit of other people. They're very missional in terms of how they receive them and what they receive from God. Surprises of impartation, anointings and gifts and abilities. I've been in meetings where there's clearly been an impartation made in my life, and so have you. Impartations can happen anytime, in the personal altar or in a public altar. Listen to me very carefully. This is a season where if God's talking to you, you want to make sure you partake of every personal altar you can and every public altar you can. Because that just may be the time where an impartation is made. And sitting back saying, well, maybe some other time I'll receive prayer. Maybe some other time you know, I'll respond to that. You don't want to do that. That can be the sovereign time God chose to use a person, a ministry, somebody in the church to pray for you, and an impartation was received, and you're never the same. Amen. Glory to God. Do I say impartation? And surprises of association. God sends people across your path to bless you. Amen. Uh, I'm sure that Ananias was just as surprised as Saul was to have that association. He didn't want to go, and you know, Saul probably didn't want to hear from him, but you see how God did that. He hooks people up. Um, when uh, Brother Copeland went to ORU, the Lord instructed him to go to the executive uh, you know, floor and, and tell somebody that he has a commercial license to fly, and if his services are ever needed, he's available. What he didn't know was they just about hired a co-pilot when the Spirit of God told Oral Roberts, don't hire a co-pilot. A student coming here is one I want you to give that job to. Well, he overheard the thing outside his office. He comes walking out of his office, and that connection is made right there and impacted both of those ministries for all eternity. He began to be involved with a with traveling ministry and flew the aircraft for that ministry. Well, 
You think that's a, a just happenstance? No, God has divine connections for every single person in this room if you just have ears to hear. You just never know when that's going to be. Now watch this. What if Oral Roberts just said, well, I'm going to hire this person because it's the person I want. Or Copeland didn't have the guts to go up there, even though they told the students to stay off that floor. How many know the Holy Ghost trumps the sign on the door? Can I have a better amen than that? And so he goes up there, and the rest is history. Uh, divine associations, surprises, people sent across your path to, to lift you up, or you sent across the path of people to lift them up and encourage them. Look at somebody and tell them, surprise. surprise. We've talked about the characteristics of divine surprises. They come throughout the entire lifespan of a believer. If you don't believe that, talk to Abraham and Sarah. You are not too old to receive a divine surprise. And if you think you are, you've been lied to by the devil. Amen? You need to repent for listening to the wrong voice. Amen? I know what Janice and Charlie are thinking. I don't want that surprise. Right? Is that what it was? Okay. <laughs> well, that's not the only one that can hit old people. Amen? <laughs> Glory to God. According to your faith, be it unto you or not unto you. Hallelujah. But, uh, you know, there are a lot of people in the body of Christ, good people, love God, going to heaven, but at some point in time they have given up on God doing anything new and fresh and wonderful in their life. And a lot of people that are sitting on a shelf, you know, as they got older, thinking God's done with them, when the body of Christ never needed your wisdom more than they need it right now. There's a lot of stupid young Christians in this country. There's a lot of stupid young ministers in this country. And while you're saying God doesn't want to use me anymore, we could be using the wisdom you have to impact other people's lives. Say, well, he's got divine surprises. No matter how old I get throughout my whole life. I mean, if, if five seconds before you're about to go to glory, God can give you a divine surprise. Amen. And how many know the absence of the body, the presence of the Lord is quite a divine surprise in itself? Now beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> Amen. Number two, they reflect God's nature of goodness and covenant kindness. Just like Mephibosheth was certainly surprised when David had his servant Ziba go out and find this descendant of Saul and this household covenant of Jonathan to show covenant kindness to, he didn't have a clue when they arrived where he was in Lodabar. Amen. And I'm telling you, maybe you've been in Lodabar too. Maybe Lodabar mentally, physically, emotionally, financially. God knows where you are. Get ready for a divine surprise. Amen. Do you know the king's chariot could be showing up anytime? That was a really good place to amen. Amen. You don't believe that? Well, Gehazi was told by the prophet, you know, we're not going to receive anything from Naaman because he was healed by the power of God. We're not going to let him think this is a transaction between him and Almighty God. This is not a time to receive anything. You know, Gehazi took some things from Naaman and disobeyed the prophet of God. Everybody say, hearken diligently. Say it again, hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God. And guess what? The prophet of the Old Testament was the word of God. And he went ahead and took some things, including some clothing. Look at someone say, the dumbest thing you can do is take clothing from a leper. That is, that is the definition of how dumb you can be. Amen? 
And so he rebuked him, and of course he told him that uh, there was judgment now because of this. What he did know is there were how many camels coming? Think about 40 semi-trucks. And nowhere does it say the prophet of God refused or rejected them. In other words, you think that this prophet would have shared it with his protege, his Padawan learner? <laughs> Absolutely. Gehazi would have benefited in God's what? In God's time. Surprise. Amen to God. There's all these camel loads out there. Surprise. Glory to God. Look at somebody say divine surprises. Third, they come through God's timing and through a method all his own. Nobody would have predicted how God dealt with Jericho. Nobody would have predicted how he dealt with the story of Gideon in the 300. How many understand all God needs is our willingness and our obedience? Amen. Uh, a lot of people get stuck and they get uh, disenfranchised with life of faith because it didn't happen when they thought it should happen. Look at somebody and tell them the wind is never going to be your business. Never. Number four, they come through the release of faith, acting on what you say you believe. Along with that process will come some directives. It's important for you to keep those directives if you want to see the divine surprise. In fact, that may be all you know about the divine surprise is the command you were given. And just not blindly, but in faith, doing what he told you to do on the other end of that thing is a divine surprise for your life. And I hear strongly in the spirit tonight, there are people in this room and you just, uh, you know, you, you say, well, God's just done all he's going to do in my life and that's the end of it. I am telling you that your faithfulness and your consecration and your diligence, you're going to see the greatest divine surprises you've ever seen in your life. They're yet to unfold for you. You can't let yourself get discouraged because of what you have seen. I don't know how he does it. I don't know all the ins and outs about it. All I can tell you is, Every single time where I've just decided just to persevere through some mess, through some discouragement, through some situation, on the other side with some amazing divine surprise. Amen. And if you're going to live in, in this era, in this day, and you're going to serve God and be a person of the uncompromised word of God, you're going to be a spirit-filled Christian, don't expect the devil's going to leave you alone. And don't expect that people are going to keep their mouth off you. If you're going to throw down your destiny over what somebody said about you, you've got more problems than divine surprises. Amen. Number five, they're hindered by factors that we can completely control. This is where we're segueing tonight to give you the keys to a lifetime of divine surprises. Say it with me. They're factors that I control. Number one is disobedience. That's a choice. Disobedience is a choice to compromise your divine surprises. Well, I don't know about you, I want everything you ask for me. Amen. Amen. You'll never get to the point where, or where disobedience will not affect this. On the, on the flip side, your obedience, of course, will facilitate divine surprises. Number two is deception. You cannot allow yourself in this day to be influenced from what God has called you or assigned you to do, to be, or where he's assigned you to be. And there are a lot of voices that are out there. And, and I can't tell you how many times uh, even, even the, the choir of the church will chime in and support you in doing something stupid. 
I'll give you an example. <laughs> uh, somebody goes through hell on earth in a relationship. They come out of that relationship. And instead of waiting on God for a divine surprise, they're deceived into another dysfunctional relationship. Huh? And all they had to do is just what? Just wait on God. God had something great in store for them. So they go from one thing that was bad to something that's even worse. And you shake your head sometimes as a pastor and you go, you know, haven't they had enough? How much is enough? How much dysfunction and hurt and betrayal can one person have and then turn right around and find the most dysfunctional person you can on the planet? And then it shows up on Facebook, so-and-so's in a relationship or so-and-so's engaged, and here come all the chirping Christian birds. Congratulations, that's wonderful. That's marvelous. You may have just said that's wonderful to them getting involved with somebody who's about to destroy their life. If you don't know it's a God thing, keep your mouth off of Facebook. Because if you say something like, uh, are, you, are you sure? that You're judging that. No, I may be saving their life. But watch this. If you don't say something loving quickly, the longer it goes on, there's a soul tie there. And it's extremely difficult to break it at that point. You asked for an example, so I gave you one. But it's not just in relationships, it's, it's in location, it's where people go, it's what they do. Um, God has been saying about this particular location, this ministry, God's been saying, I'm gathering the eagles here for years. Uh, if you're here right now, go ahead and spread your wings. You must be an eagle. Amen. Come on, say it, I'm an eagle. I'm here to soar. Now some of y'all may be an eagle egg right now. But that's okay. Because in that egg is all the DNA you need to what? To fly. Amen. At least you're not roadkill. Amen. Yeah. There was a time in my ministry that I thought I could deal with anybody and raise anybody up to be a great leader. And uh, I started with roadkill. I mean, I'd go out and scoop somebody up, and oh, here you go. The, the problem is, you can't want something more as a pastor for somebody than they want for themselves. I don't care what you think you're doing or what you think you are. You can't do it. They have to want to become what God's called them to become. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I've had some that were roadkill, some that were turkeys, some that were chickens, some that were crows. All they do is make noise all the time. <laughs> And I've had, I've had some that, uh, you know, that were eagle eggs and you could develop them. And, and some were just, you know, baby eagles just, just wanting to be trained and, and to fly. And I, I came to Margaretta one time because I saw, you know, fruit like Bryce in his life. And I saw, you know, people like Todd in his life and other people that I went to school with. And, and he did great things in their lives and important in their lives. And I said, hey, uh, how come so many of, of you, know, you know, people that you raised up are, you're turning on to be eagles. 
And he goes, that's very simple. He says, I start with eagle eggs, and you start with a bunch of roadkill. <laughs> but here's, here's the bottom line, is a lot of people, um, they, just, uh, they just allow voices out there to pull them away from where all their divine surprises are. I mean, if you'll just do a cursory review of the scripture, you'll see that God did some pretty amazing things in some pretty inconspicuous places. Places you and I would never pick. Now, if you're looking for the Messiah, is there anybody at the time of Jesus' birth that would expect Jesus to be born where? In Bethlehem. Unless they what? Unless they what? And even the ones that knew the scriptures couldn't get there, often mentally. But guess what? Boom. Look at somebody and say, despise not the day of small beginnings. Disobedience, deception. Number three is dissension. Um, it's despite all the teaching on the fence, all the teaching on your love walk, all the teaching on strife. You choose to go ahead and get into strife with people. You might as well just go ahead and rack it up. You have compromised your divine surprises. The only surprise you're going to get is the fruit of dissension, which is defiling other people and compromising their futures. Just keep your dissension to yourself if you want to do that. Don't pull other people into it. I mean, it's bad enough you're compromising your divine destiny. Don't do somebody else's divine destiny that way. And there comes a time when a Christian, as they grow up, will stop this. It's one thing to do it with your baby Christian. It's another matter altogether to keep doing it all the days of your life. Everybody say disobedience, deception, dissension. And then fourth is disillusionment. We get tired and frustrated waiting for that next divine surprise and give up. It's astounding how many people would say that they were once faith people or word of faith people or spirit-filled people. I mean, it's, it's mind-boggling to me that spirit-filled parents would pull their kids or grandkids out of a spirit-filled church to go to a church that teaches just as the opposite about the things of the Spirit, especially in this day we're living in right now. How is that possible that these things happen? They, they got disillusioned about something. You know, they, they believed for a while, it didn't come to pass, they didn't have the, the when, and they didn't have the how, and, and it didn't happen the way they thought, and so they got upset about it. And they, they pulled out of the things of God, and they pulled out of their future. And I'm going to tell you something. They may not suffer the direct consequences, but their kids and grandkids will. Your kids and, kid, your grandkids need to be spirit-filled, and they need to be taught how to believe God. Amen. Yes, they do. That's pretty weak for this here spirit-filled church. I'm going to try that one more time. Our kids need to be spirit-filled, and they need to be word kids. Amen. Super kids that are trained up in the things of God. And uh, that doesn't mean that uh, they won't go to heaven. That's not the point. But you know what? Uh, all this emphasis on going to heaven, not, don't forget that we have something to do on earth. Jesus could have stayed in heaven. But he had something to do what? Here on earth. Yes, amen. Disillusionment. Uh, I could tell you story after story after story after story after story. And <laughs> don't have the time. <laughs> but uh, I, I am working on a, a theme for a book. It's just called Resilient. And uh, it's how you go through all this garbage and still maintain your faith and your testimony and your call and your anointing. Amen. But I will tell you this, that... Uh, they, they seem to have the, the same kind of, you know, uh, you know, track record, the same kind of steps and process. 
they get cold. First, they're, they're thrilled with the Word. They, they see it for the first time. They see the potential of what the Word can do in their life. They're getting revelation. But then, you know, some things like perseverance and diligence enter into the mix. And, uh, and then you happen to begin to teach on things like tithing. Well, you lose half of them right there. Not y'all. This is the Overcomers Club here. No one here gets uptight about teaching on tithing and on. Because we have tithers, rights, and sowers promises. Amen? Glory to God. Say, I'm excited to be a giver. <laughs> but over time, uh, you know, things just don't happen the way they think they should. So they backpedal from the message. Uh, I've seen some of them just uh, nosedive into to teachings on, on liberal theology, nosedive into teachings on love. And I found out that some of the people who, who speak the most about love are the least loving people. I mean, they'll quote this person on love and that person on love and quote Jesus on love, but are they really walking in that love and treating people with, amen, that kind of love that God has for us? In other words, they can say love, talk love, write love, post love. Amen. And almost always they'll backpedal you know, from the message, but they also backpedal from the messenger and the ministry and this categorically throw the whole thing under the bus. Well, that's where I said before that every single one of these, you know what, are within our ability to do. These particular principles are under our complete control. I don't have to disobey. Say, I don't have to disobey. Say, I don't have to be disillusioned. Say, I don't have to be a person that's deceived. Amen? Well, you know, that's awful. No, if you'll stay in the Word and listen to the Holy Ghost, you won't be deceived. That's a promise from God. And you don't have to get in dissension. If somebody comes to you to rag on somebody else, you simply say, you know what? Um, it's obvious you have an issue there. Do what the scripture says. Go talk to that person. Because I'm not going to listen to your dissension. Now, the average Christian thinks that you listening to their dissension is an act of love. You listening to their strife and dissension is not an act of love. It's an act of disobedience. You should have told them instantly. You know, Georgette has a problem with Sharon. He goes to talk to Mary about it. What should Mary do? You're supposed to go what? According to Matthew 18, I had a leader of a local church look at me in the eye when I told him that churches, when people or leaders get into an issue where they're in strife or dissension, they need to follow Matthew 18. That's the very teaching of Jesus Christ. They looked at me and said, we're not going to get into all that. Hey, leader, one time in this church. Tell me the same thing. I said, you got a problem with somebody in leadership structure or something? What does the word say? Well, we don't have to do that because it's a leadership issue. Can I say something? Oh, yes, you do, baby. You do not get permission to violate the word of God just because you think you've risen to a certain place in stature. Amen? I said the same thing one time to a district official. They said, well, uh, oh, I'll, just, I'll just give you this piece of information. They wanted to, to know if a, if a certain thing was, was being done in this ministry. And I said, who told you that? Can't tell you. I said, you can't tell me. Uh, well, 
you have made some kind of a potential accusation against an elder, does that not require what? Multiple witnesses. I can't tell you. And here's what I said. I said, don't you think that you should be obeying Scripture like the local church and Christians should be obeying Scripture? You do not grow out of your responsibility to obey the Word of God. I don't care where you go, what your office, what your title is. Are you here tonight? You have complete control over these. Amen? And don't entertain somebody's dissension. Because what will happen is before you know it, you will start agreeing with it. And that thing will spring up and defile many. And if you just step back, you say, no, wait a minute now. I'm working on something. Turn to somebody and say, I am working on something. Come on, say, I am working on something. Somebody else's dissension or strife is not worth you losing your divine surprises. If we really love them, we would tell them, obey Matthew 18, go to them. That's what Jesus said to do. You're coming outside of that realm. You're way ahead of yourself here. And the second thing is you're just telling them is, listen, you need to deal with this because you could lose your divine surprises over this. As for me, I'm not going to do it. I love you, but I'm not going to give up my destiny because you seem to be willing to give up yours. What a difference that would make in the people's lives. But oftentimes in Christianity, we think it's loving to listen. Some of the things, sometimes the most loving thing you can do is refuse to listen. Is that crickets I'm hearing? Because it sounds a lot like crickets up here. <laughs> Let me try that one more time. Sometimes the most loving thing you can do is not listen to someone. If they won't do what Scripture says, then what are you going to do? Nothing. But potentially cause yourself to be jaded. Do you know how many people have refused to enter into a relationship with a brother or a sister, have refused to receive from ministry because of somebody's mouth that they listened to? Amen. I had somebody in college years ago, and we're both now in full-time ministry, but at that point in time, he's, he's like, I had a, I had a cassette tape, Brother Copeland. It was a, it's just a singing tape. He's not really my style, but somebody gave it to me, and he sang a song on there, Jehovah Jireh, and and a few other ones, and I just had it, and I was listening to it, and he looked at that picture, and, and he had his Syrian blue eyes, go, ooh, be careful with that, be careful with that. That was enough for me to backpedal momentarily from even receiving from that ministry. You do not want to be a person who cuts somebody else off from somebody they need in their life to get them to their destiny. And I'd like to tell you this just happens to college students. But I see people at every age making what? The same mistake the devil made. Don't do it. Amen? Say it with me. They are under my complete control. Say it again. Disobedience. Deception. Dissension. Disillusionment. As for me, I, I want every divine surprise God has for me. Amen. So what am I going to do? If I have a problem, I'm just going to go to somebody. Amen. I'm not going to go to 15 other somebodies. I'm going to go and deal with it. Or guess what I'm going to do? See, let me help you out here. You don't have to do that. But if you're going to go talk to other people, then you have to go to that person. But guess who you can always go to? 
How many of y'all take most of that junk to him? And you leave it with him. That's a smart thing to do. Amen. Glory to God. So how do you, let me just ask you, how many of you saying you want a lifetime of divine surprises? How many have not had enough yet? You want whatever God has for you. Let me, let me frame it this way. It's not just you selfishly saying, I want surprises. I want surprises. Give me surprises. God has already foreordained them. He has what? Prophesied. He has a future and a hope for you. They're already out there. All you need to do is just keep on trucking. Amen. Let me see your hand again. If you want a lifetime of divine surprises, you enjoy God moving in your life. Amen. You enjoy honoring God, honoring his word and moving in you and moving through you. I mean, the times that God has used me, sometimes it's just, it's been shocking what he has done. Uh, when I was in college, I had, uh, I had just uh, gotten baptized in the Holy Ghost in, in June, graduated from high school a few days later, went to College of Charleston in South Carolina. The Lord prompted me to leave, guided me here, ran into some, some folks here. I often tell this story that it was Susan and, and Laura Bear that invited me to Chi Alpha, invited me to church. Um, and there's a discipleship story. Well, one night at, uh, at, after a meeting, I, I just was talking to this Church of Christ girl who was a track star in high school, and she injured herself. She could barely walk, but she was hungry for God. I told her about the healing power of God. I talked about the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Remember when I talked about how you can get healed as well as get baptized in the Holy Ghost, so that power can surge through your life? I was just dumb enough to lay hands on her, and she popped up. Amen. Speaking in tongues, running down past the library at full speed, totally healed. I was like, Shazam! <laughs> Isn't that fun? Isn't that fun for God to what? You, it's not just what you're receiving, it's what's going through you. I mean, if you've taught lessons here, you've, you've taught Sunday school, you've given sermons, you've had small group meetings, and you thought that you were just hitting the wall. Nothing was getting through. And then all of a sudden, a few weeks later, somebody comes and tells you about their personal breakthrough. Or how that word in passing set them free. Or how that prayer changed their life. God has lots of those in store for you. Well, how do you do it? Number one, stay in faith. Maintain the spirit of faith in your life. Every single day, faith cometh by hearing. You don't know the when or the how, but you know the what. You don't know the specifics, so find the word for your situation. If you're needing a divine surprise in the physical area, how many know there are tons of scriptures in the word of God on healing? Lots of narratives on healing. That's what you focus on. You don't focus on how he's going to do it. Amen. You just what? Now, there are occasions where people had faith for specifics, the centurion, for example, when Jesus said, well, I'll come and heal your servant, what does the centurion say? Just say the word. This is, this is the guy who was part of a Roman detachment who was known for what? For oppressing the Jewish people. But he says, yeah, just say the word. And guess what? Jesus certainly honored that, and, and the, the man received that miracle. But your faith needs to be in what the promise is. What did God say? Anybody here ever need a divine surprise in the financial realm? Amen. 
How many are looking for God to use you more than he's ever used you? Find the word on that. Amen. Find the word where it talks about you being anointed of God, you being called of God. There's an anointing on you that abides. Stay in faith. Stand on the word and continue in that word. Amen. I know you've never heard this before, but be a word person. Hear it like you've never heard it before. Receive the charge to maintain the spirit of faith. Hear it like you never heard it before. And walk out of here with it. Number two, stay in your lane. Focus on walking with the Lord and leave the what, why, how, where, and when up to Him. This is not your department. Ultimately, the details of how He's going to do it, when He's going to do it, uh, that's in completely in His sovereignty. Now, whether He honors His Word or not is not a matter of sovereignty. The sovereignty of God is in the revealing of the, the will of God, in the Word of God. But you and I are not told about the details of the, the how and the when, and many times the where. Look at somebody and say, that's not your department. You'd be amazed how many people get lost trying to figure out how he's going to do it, when he's going to do it, and they get disillusioned because it doesn't happen in their timeline. They quit the word of faith, and they marginalize the message and reject those that preach it. And all started with what? You trying to figure out how he's going to do it. I don't care how he's going to do it. Amen? Say, I don't care how he's going to do it. All I care is that he does it. Amen? Number three, stay obedient. Obedient to what? Everything is already revealed to you. Uh, He's talked to you about spiritual disciplines, obey him. If he's talked to you about forgiveness, obey him. If he's talked to you about tithing, obey him. If he's talked to you about forgiving, obey him. If he's talked to you about doing a certain ministry, Obey him. Stay obedient. Listen, you're going to find many surprises coming to you just because you were faithful. Amen. Say it Faithful will abound with blessings. Say it abound with blessings. Yes, you just, everybody else is trying to figure everything out. You're just staying faithful. And here comes another divine surprise. Another victory in your life. Glory to God. Number four, stay on your path. Stay on your path. Say it, stay on my path. On your specific life path, God has already placed divine surprises there. It's already marked out. Uh, Through the ups and the downs, the twists and the turns, the ins and outs, if you'll just stay on your path, you're going to run right into those good things. You're going to run right into the people you're supposed to minister to. You're going to run right into the things that God has ordained for you from the foundation of the world. And so I get to look into somebody else's path, and I think it's better. I see some things that they ran into, or some ministry opportunities that they experienced, so I want to manufacture that for me. The problem is I just left my past, so I've left my divine surprises. Now, I might get a spiritual bone here and there, because God is still merciful, isn't he? But what he pre-planned for me requires that I stay on his path. Now, God's path for Jonah was to go to Nineveh. Amen. And God gave him what? The message. Wasn't a long sermon. Forty days, and Nineveh 
will what? Will be overturned. That wasn't the Pastor Art 50 part sermon series. That was just 40 days, right? And everybody in the entire realm of that city state repented. Everybody fasted and prayed. Even the animals were made to fast. And God, what? He relented. He lifted his hand. Now, what did he do when he was told to go to Nineveh? He ran. Going to Tarshish. Why? Where was the surprise at? In Nineveh. He had already decided this was not going to be a good thing. Listen. Just do some research about the time that the book of Jonah was written and the book of Nahum that explained the repentance and then the restoration of that judgment because they came back to their evil ways. And you'll find out that 120,000 people saved in one day is quite an altar call. He should have been saying, my God. Instead, he got depressed. <laughs> got mad. I guess he wanted God just to strike them all dead, you know. Uh, the history between the Assyrians and the, and the Jewish people. Uh, conflict after conflict. But classic example, where was the divine surprise? In Nineveh. Where was he going? Because Tarshish at that moment looked what? Looked better. No. Stay on your path. If you want to see the divine surprises, don't veer off that path because they're already out there. Amen. Every kind of the surprise we mentioned is where? It's on that path because they're revealed and expressed through God's word. And he's a covenant-keeping God. Whatever surprise you need, he's going to see to it that it shows up. Amen. Praise the Lord. Look at somebody go, surprise. <laughs> Tell me I say surprise. Is there a financial breakthrough needed? Are you there? Is there an association you needed? Are you there? Is there a deliverance there you need? Are you there? All you need to do is what? See, we have this idea that as I'm living life, if I just beg and plead, God might do something along my path. We got the whole wrong idea about this. God is so smart and so wise, so loving and kind, he's already pre-planned to bless you and favor you. Meanwhile, we're back at the ranks begging, pleading for him to do something. Maybe that's because we stepped off his path and we don't have confidence. Amen. Confidence comes in staying on what he called us to do. Shout it out. Stay on your path. I told you Keith Green had uh, had a set of keys made, getting ready to deliver to an associate of that ministry. And that person said, well, I'm just, we're just tired of waiting for God to do anything here. God's never going to do anything here, so we're gone. I think it was like the very next week they're going to give him a brand new paid-for house. Where was the house? On that path. Where did they go? Somewhere else. Um, in, uh, in River of God Church, Tribe of Judah, in, uh, in Texas. Uh, Tammy and them had moved from a house uh, in Port of Texas to, uh, to Conroe. The church is actually in Humble. And uh, they were about to deliver that, that house into someone's hand that had been faithful to the ministry. And just like that on a dime, they decided that they were going to leave. I think they even left not just the state, but the country at that time. Came that close to having what? A huge breakthrough. But they decided they had a better idea than what God had for them. I mean, these stories happen all the time. And can I tell you something as a pastor? When I've seen people do this, I just watch their lives with, with compassion, but I watch their lives. 
they never do much for God when they get off the path. Why, pastor, would they not do very much if they got off the path? Because they're not anointed for every path. They're not anointed for every path they pick. They're anointed for the path that God picks. Can you see this? Well, I can just minister anywhere. It doesn't make any difference. It does matter. It does matter where you minister. Number five, this shouldn't be a surprise. Stay thankful. Raise your hand if you ever had a divine surprise. Amen. I think about Charlie, your story, how you had that, uh, that brain tumor and how God directed you and Janice, not just to some third-rate surgeon somewhere. Amen. But the one that knew what he was doing. Amen. And you went to Heron, Illinois, and surprise, got your what? You got a healing, healing. Amen. Surprise. Uh, isn't that a wonderful thing? Come on, say, it's a wonderful thing to be surprised. Now, how many say God has given you a divine surprise time or two? Make sure you thank him all the time for what you have already received. Stay thankful for the things he has already done. It is so easy for us to bellyache and complain and get upset about what hasn't happened or what may not be going right right now. But stop and thank him for all the divine surprises. Amen. Do you remember when he came across your path and saved you? I can remember when he baptized you in the Holy Ghost. Was that a divine surprise? Yeah. Anybody here ever been healed supernaturally? Shazam. Amen. Has he ever provided for you? And it seemed like there was no way under the sun this is going to be taken care of. You thank him. Say, I am thankful. I am thankful. Gratitude keeps the flow of surprises heading your way. Gratitude, thankfulness keeps the flow of divine surprises heading your way. Number six, stay expectant. While you don't know the when and the how, you do know the what from the Word of God. Stay expectant. Uh, what is the Word saying to you? What do you believe in God for? We call that thing uh, Bible hope, uh, eager expectation, uh, white hot expectancy. Over COVID and the past couple of years, the body of Christ, they have stopped expecting. Uh, you should expect to see God do things in your life. Amen. Say, I am expecting divine surprises in my life. Say, I am expecting divine surprises in my life. And I stay joyful. I'll be joyful when the divine surprise comes. No, you won't, because you'll be belly aching over the next one. Be joyful when? Right now, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Be joyful what? Ah, you're, you're already saved. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Born again and spirit-filled. I already told you that he's got divine surprises laid out there. You should be like a kid a couple months before Christmas. Divine surprise is coming. Divine surprise is coming. Amen. Stay joyful. And I believe if you will, you're going to see just a, a lot of phenomenal things happening to you, but happening through you. Say again, me. To me and through me. Shout it out. Say, stay in faith. 
Stay in your lane. It's none of your business when or how. Zero. Stay obedient. Whatever he's revealed to you to do, make sure you're doing. Stay on your path. Don't get your eyes on somebody else's path. You do what you're assigned to do. Stay thankful. Stay expectant. Stay joyful. Amen. Glory to God. Come on, give him a hand clap and thank him for your word.